On this week's show, how did Godzilla do at the box office? What's the future for AEW? And what's our dream three for E3? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our E3 dreamer for Humanica Media. You got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Dreaming about all those great games coming to E3 later this month, my friend. Big dreams, big dreams. Two weeks away, man. I actually was thinking about that today. It's it's right around the corner here. You'll forgive me if I'm actually dreaming about something right after that, but that's just me. But we won't say that what that is, so that's just okay. But it is going to be a great show here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. We got some great guests lined up for you today. We've got Race and Chew from The Regacy Show, which you can find on Anchor Podcasts and also Apple Podcasts, among other great podcast outlets. He and I sat down to talk about the future of AEW, All Elite Wrestling coming off that awesome Double or Nothing card recently here in Las Vegas. We're going to talk about what went right, what went wrong, and what is going to be needed in the future for them to go ahead and grab a hold of the wrestling marketplace to the point where they're seen as a viable contender to World Wrestling Entertainment. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes. We're going to have a sample of that interview coming up later in the show. Plus also as well, Carrie Music has another great song coming up. Can't wait to hear that and can't wait to play it for you. Plus also as well, our good friends from Go Brothers Gaming, Octavio and Eric Gomez, they're previewing what PlayStation fans are looking forward to when it comes to E3 coming up in the program as well. And of course, Josh and I on the back end, we're going to be talking about what's a dream three for E3. We're going to be talking about what our dream games are that we would love to see announced sometime in the near future at an E3 maybe this year, maybe next year, but we're going to talk about some of the games that we keep on dreaming that we would love to see at E3 coming up at the back end of the show as well. But my friend, it was another busy week at the box office. Godzilla 2 here domestically did just under $50 million at the box office, not quite meeting all the expectations right around it. Let's call it a break-even type deal as far as what expectations were here domestically worldwide it looks like that godzilla did okay especially because it is more geared towards a worldwide audience and a total right now is sitting right around 180 million dollars worldwide not too bad 130 million dollars this weekend internationally so uh, it's off to a good start not a great start that some people were hoping for especially if you're at warner brothers but not quite the miserable failure or anything like that. It has still got a ways to go before it earns its money back and we could see more 
films in a Godzilla universe outside of being a guest in the, let's say, uh, upcoming King Kong movie like Josh and I were talking about on Friday's program. But Josh, I want to ask you this. Now that it's out in the wild, it's getting decent reviews. It's gotten decent acclaim. Do you think just decent will work when it comes to a Godzilla franchise? Would you say that it's eating up people's money? Oh, but not enough people's money. That's the problem. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just a matter of time before it smashes into people's hearts. Oh, <laughs> we are going into pun land, people. Pun land. Watch out. Watch out. Pun land coming. These jokes are going extinct. <laughs> oh my gosh uh, and that'll do it for the pop culture cosmos good night, ladies and gentlemen i don't know man like what as as a father of of two two kids what would draw your girls into the movies to see godzilla what is something like because obviously they're a fan of marvel films but i mean because you know my, my nephew loves dinosaur flicks and that's why jurassic park and movies like that make a killing but what is the difference between Godzilla and Jurassic Park? And I know we talked about this on the last show, but I would say it's the the, the human aspect of it. Whereas these Godzilla movies are fun to watch, but you don't get attached to any of the human characters. Like, you know, they, they showed that part in the trailer. Like, this is Godzilla's world. We're all just in it. So it's it's to you, you know, back to my earlier question, what what would need to happen in a movie featuring Godzilla to draw you and your girls into it? Well, first of all, when it comes to Jurassic Park and now the Jurassic World series and that universe that's now happening, that's a glorified slasher movie. I've told you that. The the best versions of Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World have just really been nothing more than glorified slasher movies where the dinosaurs just whether psychological or bordering on horror, but not, you don't, you know, not too much on that side, just basically stalks its prey and it just picks off humans one by one by one by one until the end. That's pretty much the painted by numbers, the cookie cutter style of pretty much every single Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World that's out there. When it comes to Godzilla, which hasn't had quite the same success, it's basically all about smashing and, and, you know, it's a popcorn flick, and I'm still interested in seeing it. I still very much want to go ahead and check it out, but it is something that I don't have to catch right away because I don't feel I'm missing anything, and that's the problem. When it comes to the Jurassic World, aka Jurassic Park series, it seems like it's just such an event, maybe because it was just started off by the success of Jurassic Park, and it was directed by Steven Spielberg, the original one. It just seems like now it has evolved into such an event when those movies come out i don't feel that same kind of vibe with the godzilla movies it just seems like it's a it's a movie that came out it's a brainless fun popcorn flick of monsters just smashing into each other similar to what we saw with pacific rim because that in a way with the kaiju and all that going ahead and going off against each other in the middle of these cities and whatnot that's all we wanted to see you just turn your brain off as far as trying to understand any type of cohesive plot and you just wanted to go ahead and see large entities go off against each other you know in the middle of some type of building structures or anything like that so that's all we cared about and while it works to an extent it's obviously not paying off to the extent that i think people that want to compare it to the jurassic world series wants to go ahead and do because it's just it's a different animal altogether it's a different beast that 
is put together when you consider the Jurassic series, because that to me is more like a glorified horror movie or a glorified slasher movie where uh, as, a, and it's a different psychology to it that is more appealing to a wider base and wider audience than what you see out of what is available now with Godzilla and currently Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay, so it's not the human aspect. It's so it's no, it's it's just a, like it, it's just a mindless popcorn flick. I think that's what my kids see it as something that they could probably catch on TV. With me, I liked it just because of the fact that the trailer drew me in. I had zero desire to see it on um, beforehand. We were doing our 2019 movie preview or anything like that. I had zero interest to see it beforehand because I've been let down on the past previous two occasions when it comes to Godzilla movies. So. You know, this one looks like it's you know, critically the best out of all the Godzilla movies that have been made. But at this point, it's still just a, for, for all intents and purposes, it's a glorified popcorn flick of just monsters destroying buildings and monsters destroying each other that I think a lot of people, well, I know my girls can afford to miss. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it appeals, different things appeal to different people. You know, you have, like, like to me, I, I'm a huge fan of the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies, right? Because to me, those are the perfect popcorn flick. I can sit down, don't have to think about it, don't have to get into the, any of the uh, philosophies of it all. And it seems like Godzilla does have a little, like, environmental message in there. So you have to probably sit there and think about what's going on with that. So I don't, I don't know. So do you think that it needs to not be a popcorn flick, but the human aspect of it doesn't matter? So it, you well, you talked about it on our Friday show, and I hope everybody gets a chance to check out our latest PCZ Multiverse. You actually said you were looking for something with more depth, with a story that you could relate to, that ties possibly a Go Godzilla universe together in some form or fashion, because you even said it yourself – if Godzilla is facing against all the other monsters in Godzilla King of the Monsters, then where is there to go? What is there left to do? Sure, there's going to be a Godzilla versus King Kong, but it's clearly going to have King Kong at the forefront and Godzilla on the side as sort of like a supporting character because the performances that Godzilla's had where it's this movie that generates just enough income to warrant a sequel, but not much more. Yeah, see that's that's true. What, okay, on Netflix there's a an anime called Godzilla King of the Monsters. And in that there is a there is a story like, you know, it's not a great story, but it's got some layers to it to where you're not just trying to release Godzilla from the Marianas trench and hoping that he's going to take care of Mothra for you. There's a there's like a legitimate story because the moment that the humans and Godzilla start teaming up with each other is the moment that you're going to lose favor with people. You know, I guess like if you look at Jurassic Park, what keeps that interesting all the time is the fact that the dinosaurs are always trying to eat the people. And on here you have Godzilla going, OK, well, I'm going to save humanity and then I'm going to go back to the sea because I'm king of the monsters. So, you know, you're removing that aspect of it. And you're also, you know, like I did say on Friday, you're having him face all these monsters at once. And it's just it doesn't lay the foundation for a good story going forward. And. You know, like I said, I, I'm hopeful that there are other storytellers out there that could maybe move it in a different direction after this. I'm hopeful that that could be the case, but I clearly at this point in time don't see much of a depth to anything beyond what Godzilla King of the Monsters is, is representing. So I find it difficult, even if the movie makes enough money to warn a sequel on where it will go. 
I really thought about what you said on our Friday show about the depth and the future of the franchise. And you're right. If you go ahead and have a Godzilla face off against all these other monsters, whether or not he defeated them, whether or not he battled against them, what have you, but it looks like he battles off against all the other well-known monsters within this monster franchise, then where is it that it can go in the future? And it, it looks like even if it makes money to warrant a sequel, that it's going to be hard pressed to go ahead and find some type of narrative that's going to catch people again and have them going to theaters. Like you said in the past, that there is going to be the, the only time we're going to see Godzilla coming up in the near future is if he plays a side character to King Kong, because King Kong right now is the more promotable property. It is the property that is on the paper, at least looks like it can generate more income and more people to the box office if king kong is at the forefront of the movie and the movie is narrated and based around him as opposed to godzilla which is kind of a shame because i, I still want to see godzilla being that monster that people want to go ahead and see you know a lot of people out there have seen the old pictures for the old godzilla movies and the 3d glasses and all that and those days are romanticized I still think of them fondly, even though I never got a chance to see it when they came out in the theaters that early because it was before. Yes, Josh, it was even before my time, but I still enjoyed watching them when I was watching them on my small black and white TV way back in the day and, and checking them out when I was a little tiny kid. I, I'd like to see Godzilla get some sort of reprieve, but based can on... Can I this, interrupt you for a minute? Well, hold on. Based on this weekend's performance, I don't see that being in the case. Okay, I mean, yeah, fair enough. I, I just wanted to ask you when you were talking about watching Godzilla as a kid, did you watch the Godzilla 2000 movie? Yes. What What did you think about that? Like, I thought it was okay. I've not been in love with any of the Godzilla remakes. No, I'm sorry, not the Matthew Broderick one, but the one that was like Godzilla 2000. It was, a Japan, it was like the Japanese one dubbed, but it was marketed to America. No, no, that I have not seen. That, that one I have not okay. seen. No, I've it, just, it, it's a decent flick. I've just seen the two very lackluster attempts by American film companies to go ahead and, and try and produce a Godzilla movie up until this point. Godzilla King of the Monsters is still something I have to see and the reviews on that are, are pretty decent. So maybe that one will go ahead and enlighten me more on the Godzilla franchise and help me reminisce to my old days watching the previous Godzillas from a day gone by. But We'll have to wait and see where Godzilla's future lies because it is still unclear after a lukewarm performance for the movie this weekend at the box office. An overall busy weekend out there. Just It's a great time to go to the movies. Check out all the great stuff that's out there. We didn't even mention Aladdin and John Wick 3, which were number two and five at the box office. So if you want to go out and check out some movies today, now is the time during the summer box office season because there's a lot of great movies out there, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please share us your thoughts about all the great movies that are out right now this summer. In fact, even the ones that are coming out here in the next few weeks. Let us know. Tell us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got Racing Chu from the Regacy Show. He's going to talk about AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and what he would do if he was in charge of All Elite Wrestling. That portion of our interview is coming up next right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. But first, 
It's our good friend, Carrie Music. You want to check out her music today. It is Carrie, K-A-R-R-I-E, Music. This is C-Rome, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Out on the streets of Rome, everything's hot and tall, grabbing and draws your eyes. Chabelle, the just keep on walking, allow yourself a little smile. Wild heat, and this is the sun, summer retreat, a marvel at every single turn. Forgive wealth if this is its child, I don't know where's the time it's like an action scene The way they drive at speed Get out and model to the side The rolling talkers' hands Gesture flowers The story's gonna ignite I can't sleep And this is the sun summer retreat I marvel at every single turn Forgive wealth if this is its child I don't know where's the time gone Turn out my head like a handbag on all Where is the time gone? Time's Listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace Gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a VITABRACE gaming wristband 
or use the code buy one get one and it's buy one get one free that's right just use the code vitabrace50 or buy and the number one get and the number one today to get some great deals on some vitabrace gaming wristbands so check it out today at miraclefruitoil.com vitabrace win with it All right, and we're back with the show. And yes, it is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. I did say on our previous episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos that I was going to try and bring someone in here with a different perspective when it comes to All Elite Wrestling. They just had their major event this past weekend here in the Las Vegas area. It was double or nothing. Personally, I can tell you from what I was able to experience and what I saw, it was a very solid event great wrestling all around a very good start for the promotion in and of itself it looks like there's some possible good things up ahead and here to talk with me today about all elite wrestling their possible future all the things coming up and overall is this something that could eventually be on par with what back in the 90s in the attitude era with world championship wrestling battling it off against world wrestling entertainment and yep. here with me today to talk about it is a just awesome guy all around. He is the host of the Regacy Show. You got to catch his inspirational show each and every time out when every episode drops. It's now available. It's the Regacy Show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and over 10 different podcast outlets. It is a good man indeed. Race and Chew, thank you so much for being back on the program. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me here again. And... You're most welcome. It's a real pleasure to be back here to actually share my thoughts on AEW because the other time we were talking about Avengers, this time around it's more about pro wrestling. I've seen this yep. story before emanate over yes. the course of almost 30 years as far as mm -hmm. someone trying to go ahead and put some money in to compete with the World Wrestling Entertainment We'll see how long owner Shahid Khan and his son, Tony Khan, will want to stay involved with this. They're doing some things yep. differently. They're dealing with analytics as far as the overall, how yes. they go ahead with their business, which I think is extremely intelligent. They're yep. going about things in a different way as far as an approach to a younger audience and millennials, along with trying to get that audience of a younger crowd. They're also trying to see if they can still maintain some type of resonance with an older crowd such as myself that has yeah. had an affinity mm -hmm. over the course of 30, 40 mm -hmm. years with professional wrestling. I hope that they make it because if the environment makes it much better for professional wrestling, if there is another big time entity out mm -hmm. there along with the WWE that helps their product because their product has grown stale over the past few years. I've said this before. Professional wrestling yep. does not succeed at a high level unless there is a star that can attract people that are not involved or interested in their normal daily life when it comes to professional wrestling. When you get that mm -hmm. casual audience in there, when you have someone that transcends the sport like Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, and The Rock, yes. those individuals mm -hmm. transcended the sport in so many ways. John Cena was close, but he was not at the level Steve Austin was at the height of his career. And, and the same yes. thing with The Rock. Those two individuals and Hulk Hogan, they brought in an audience that was outside of the hardcores. But in order to be successful long-term, 
And in order to grow at the rate that they need to grow exponentially, mm -hmm. they need to go ahead and make sure they try everything that they can to ingratiate themselves to a larger, broader audience. And that's the big test. And that's the big question. Yep. Uh, my hope is AEW will make the right decisions to go ahead production-wise, talent-wise, mm -hmm. and also wrestling-wise that they'll be able to go ahead and put a product out there that can eventually compete on a card-by-card, week-by-week basis with the WWE. I ask you, as a company, do you go ahead and try to reach out with those ex-WWE stars as they leave World Wrestling Entertainment, or do you stay away from that and try to build something on your own that could be something really special? Or maybe not, it could go easily the other way around. Well, if, if it's me, right, I would suggest this. So if, let's say, I see any of the WWE talent being axed out or they terminate contract with their own will, right, I would actually look at them together with my team to see whether do they fit in the storylines, do they fit in the company's value, and I would say, do they fit in with the culture of this whole wrestling promotion? Why would I say that? It's because if, let's say, I am able to get people like AJ Styles, people like Roman Reigns onto AEW, I wouldn't mind. But I need to know whether are they fitting or not. Because if they do not fit in the company, they do not fit in the, the whole board of storylines and the wrestler's profile, I would say I would definitely look at these talents and try to pull them in. Because as long as I could see some dream matches between my players and theirs, I would definitely get them. Like recently... After whole of AEW or during AEW double or nothing, WWE wrestlers, a couple of them were tweeting about it. There were people like The New Day. There were people like Sasha Banks. They were tweeting about it. And if I were in their shoes in AEW, I would be thinking about whether do Sasha Banks fit in? Who is good to challenge Sasha Banks then? Who is good to challenge these people that have tweeted? And all these people that have tweeted, do they have a huge fan base? If they have a huge fan base, how can I leverage on their fan base? I can draw more attention to AEW as compared to WWE. And how can I leverage on WWE's recent, I would say, foley or storyline to make sure that I can use it on my benefit? Because Sami Zayn recently said AEW on Raw right? And it's their number one flagship show in the whole entire pro wrestling. Raw was the biggest in the whole sports entertainment. In terms of wrestling-wise, they are the big dogs, right? And they said something about their number two company or the rising star company on their show. There must be a storyline be behind there or it could be Sami Zayn slipped his mouth. So it depends, right, on how we see it. So if it's me, I wouldn't want to do the same thing as what WCW did, which was to actually just acquire talent and then think about who to do all those storylines with, and that's it. No, I would rather plan it out first before I get these people in. So
So uh, I'm really fascinated by the upcoming months in terms of how AEW versus WWE goes. If it's all good for all elite wrestling, then by all means, right, it, it will be awesome. And then that means we have another great promotion to watch other than TNA, Lucha Underground, and etc. That's, again, the Regacy Show available now yeah. on Anchor. Also, as well, available on Apple Podcasts, so many other different podcast outlets. Yes. Check out his show on Facebook Live as well and upcoming on YouTube. Well, Rayson, yeah. I'll tell you what. It was just awesome to talk to you about AEW, the future of All Elite Wrestling. And again, to everyone yeah. out there, I am very hopeful that AEW will turn into that big entity that so many mm-hmm. of us that follow the industry for so many years have been hoping for. There's been moments in time where there's that brief glimmer of hope that the WWE will have a solid contender, which hasn't mm-hmm. been around since the late 90s, because we all saw what happened with World Championship Wrestling and the downfall of their company and yes. whatnot. But there's been just a few glimmers of hope. Unfortunately, none of them have paid off. But now that AEW is out, now that there's a good, strong fan base by it, now that there's something mm-hmm. that they can go ahead and build upon for the future, yep. let's hope that All Elite Wrestling can go ahead and achieve that great status, which so many people like myself and you as well are hoping for indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, my yep. friend. It's just great having you again on the show. This has just been yeah, such man. an awesome pleasure to have you talking about All Elite Wrestling. I got to get you back on talking more great pop culture subjects with me, talking to people, giving advice on how to deal with it, or just talking (laughs) about how fun it is to talk about pop culture. And up next, it's Octavio and Eric Gomez previewing what they think is going to be upcoming for PlayStation fans at E3 2019. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. All right, and we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. It is E3 2019. It's coming up here in just a matter of days. It's right around the corner. A lot of gamers out there are excited about what's going on with the latest news and information with E3 2019. And while Pop Culture Cosmos and especially Game Source will be giving you a lot of that information, we at the Pop Culture Cosmos want to make sure you get our thoughts on some of the things that are going on and and kind of like a preview for each of the major console makers and movers and shakers that are going to be at E3 2019. And they're not going to be at E3 2019, but in a way that they are going to be at E3 2019. And I'm talking about PlayStation because even though they're not going to be there in a physical fashion with any booze or, or not going to be doing a major conference from there, They are still a major part of E3 2019 because all the third-party games, virtually all of them will be going onto that platform. There's still so many major reasons why PlayStation is still going to be well thought of when it comes to E3 2019. In fact, I could tell you almost 100 million reasons why because that's how many consoles of PlayStation 4 are in households. And here with me today to talk about what PlayStation owners should be thinking about and should be looking towards to when it comes to E3 2019 
are two of my good friends based out of here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It is the guys behind Go Brothers Gaming. If you want to know what's going on with the esports scene, along with Mario Party Wars, you got to check out Go Brothers Gaming on Facebook and also other social media, including Twitter and Instagram today. That's Go Brothers Gaming. And I have the brothers here as well. First, there's Stereo Monroy. Now it's Stereo Gomez with Eric and Octavio Gomez. And guys, it's just great to have you on the show. Thank you for having us. It's always great to be back. Frequent flyers here. Absolutely. You know, I can't give you a robe like SNL does after your fifth performance on the show. But you know what? It's just great every time I talk to you guys. There's a lot going on. And speaking of Las Vegas, since we're all locals, the latest convention coming up this week is the Licensing Expo. And while that doesn't sound fun off the top of people's head, I did get a chance to check out the floor today at the Mandalay Bay. And if you're into a whole bunch of different things that licensing as far as different brand names, different ideals, different concepts as far as everything from retail products to fashion products to electronics and so on, that you stick, let's say, for instance, like an Avengers or a Marvel or a Disney or anything onto, you might be seeing it at the Licensing Expo 2019 at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. And you know what? A lot of great things are going on there. And wouldn't you know it, it's kind of funny that although PlayStation won't be at E3 2019, they're going to be here in Las Vegas this week, two weeks earlier at the Licensing Expo 2019. They've already got a big, huge banner, already got a booth set up. It's going to be great for PlayStation here at the Licensing Expo 2019. Kind of makes you think and kind of makes you curious, wonder why they're here and not at the largest gaming expo worldwide at E3 2019. Well, that's a very interesting dynamic that they have going on there with uh, E3. I think they're trying to make a, a big impact and have people talking, why aren't they at E3? So I think the perfect place to be, honestly, would be here in Las Vegas to release whatever it is they have behind the curtain and uh, surprise us all. Because in the past, we know that they've, they've made big... Uh, I guess you can say uh, footprints in the gaming world. And we look forward to see what they're going to reveal. We already know that there's a, a long list of games that we're really hyped for. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I'm not too sure what their business is. Obviously, none of us know until they take the stage. That's true. Uh, there is no conference there. They're just going to have a booth there at Licensing Expo 2019. So it's kind of interesting. It's a little smaller, little lower key as far as that's concerned, but it's interesting how they chose to go there and not at E3 2019. I'll ask you now, Octavio, you and I were actually conversing back and forth in regards to their absence at E3 2019, but in a way, since there is almost 100 million PlayStation 4s out there in the marketplace, and there are games being made for it that are going to be debuting at E3 2019, it's like they're there in the first place, isn't it? Almost, yeah, they're 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 gone, but not forgotten. Really, like uh, they're making their impact with the games. Uh, not only that, but publishers that are pushing the games to those consoles, and uh, it's going to be really exciting. You let me know when you want me to talk about my personal favorites that are coming up because I'm so excited to tell you. <laughs> uh, you sound like it. You sound like it. I know one of those favorites has got to be The Last of Us Two, which rumor has oh, yeah. it, unfortunately, is going to be delayed into 2020. 
When you guys heard the news of that going down, that it possibly could happen, it's not been officially confirmed yet, but at this point in time, what are your thoughts on The Last of Us 2 being delayed into 2020? The same thing happened with its last big release, Uncharted 4, and how that was released. That obviously came out to stellar reviews and obviously great gameplay and sales. Do you think that's going to slow down any of the momentum if Last of Us 2 actually does end up getting delayed into 2020? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because obviously we want the best out of what they're making and we want to we wanna really get that really good feel while we're playing. So we want them to fine-tune everything. We want, we want it to be just a really solid game. But the problem is, you know, they sort of lose people's attention. They Sometimes whatever they're working towards isn't just worth the time that people have been waiting sometimes. And I know this game's been delayed. This is more than the first time, right? So, yeah, I'm not sure how people will be too enthusiastic after that. But hopefully they will be. Hopefully they understand. And it'd be really great if it's just as good as they promise. Well, I will say it's just in the rumor stage at this point in time. That was something that comicbook.com did put out there. That's a heavy rumor from Jason Schreer of Kotaku, who put that out there on a tweet as well. That possibly could happen. So we'll have to wait and see at E3 2019 or maybe even the Licensing Expo 2019 or sometime down the road in the near future if Naughty Dog and PlayStation is actually going to delay The Last of Us 2. Which brings me to my next question I've got for you. And Eric, please let me know your thoughts. If The Last of Us 2 doesn't come out on time this fall, what are your thoughts on what Sony could be possibly planning for this fall? Because they've got to have something come out for its PlayStation fans and it can't just all be the PlayStation VR. Oh, absolutely not. PlayStation VR is well-loved, but it, it isn't everything for PlayStation. I know there's a couple of games that I personally am looking forward to that come around that same time frame, one of them being Control by Remedy Games, which looks absolutely fantastic. And uh, I don't think that the hype for uh, The Last of Us 2 will die out. They'll just have to be entertained by something else. Meanwhile. The Last of Us 2 has a, has a very gripping story. I don't think anybody will really fall back from that. It's a very, very unique game. I'd say one of the most unique games I've ever played. Absolutely. And I also think that Dreams from the folks that made the Little Big Planet series, that also is something a lot of people could be very interested in. That is also close to completion. So hopefully we can get a finalization of where that stands and even some thoughts on some games as well coming to the PlayStation platform from a first-party perspective. So I'll ask you, I know, Octavio, you said you had a list going. Are these all first-party games, or are there some third-party mixed in there as well? There's some third-party mixed in there as well. Like Eric said, Control, he kind of took that one. I'm also excited for Doom Eternal, which is going to be coming out soon. It's looking really nice. I really enjoyed the first one, although I didn't get too much of a chance to play it, even though I probably should have gotten it. It's nice that they're taking it back to their roots there with their uh, shooting mechanics and definitely its first-person kind of view. But it's the multiplayer I got the chance to play. It was also really fun, and uh, I'm just excited to see what they can do and take further with the second installment. I also have Sea of Solitude, which was looking pretty interesting. Kind of like an exploration game. It does sound very cool, though. Absolutely. And I know there's a lot of other things that are exciting PlayStation fans going forward that could be announced at E3 2019. Josh and I on our previous episode talked about one game that will probably be heavily marketed when it comes to B3 
being a part of possibly the PlayStation experience. And that is Death Stranding, the latest game from Kojima that has, well, confused and confounded us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I know you guys have had a chance to take a look at the, you know, the latest videos, what's going on with Death Stranding. And I was wondering if you guys could help me out on a big question. What exactly do you think is going on in Death Stranding? Death Stranding to me seems like a dystopian future where civilization has kind of developed a, a way of time travel, but not necessarily in the physical way. Yeah. Uh, more of uh, tapping into like memories and different types of uh, time eras. As, as I saw in the trailer that it looked like the main character was wandering around with the like World War II or something. Possibly a different war, depending on what their sort of history might be inside that sort of universe. I also notice it seems like the government has a sort of branch or sort of agency dedicated to these paranormal events that maybe Norman Reedus has something to do with. It seems like he has a history with these people, and uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm excited to see what it really is about. Because yeah, I have no clue, but mind-boggling. Uh, <laughs> I can say that the the bike looks pretty awesome and i can't wait to write it well i can tell you for sure that we also here at the pop culture cosmos have no clue exactly what is going on in death stranding but it does look like eye candy you know i described it best to josh it's like a car crash you can't avoid watching and it looks like a, a car crash when it comes to video games that you can't avoid playing because it looks so interesting even though it looks so confusing at the same time. It's like if you were going to a museum and looking at some fine abstract art and you're trying to appreciate it for all it's worth and you're not quite sure if you're appreciating it but you sure are taking it in for quite a spell. So to me, it's just so different. It's so out there but then again, that's Kojima. That's Kojima oh, yeah. to a T right there. And and seeing him going ahead and have full reign, no Konami bringing him down or anything like that or trying to put the control on him or and, anything like that is great to see that he's going to go ahead and produce a game that he himself is proud of going ahead and taking care of. Hopefully will be great and hopefully will be enjoyable for gamers coming up in November for obviously the PlayStation, but for other platforms. But I know it's going to be heavily promoted in accordance with the PlayStation coming up later yeah. this year. So yeah. there's a lot of great games coming up for the PlayStation. I know their alliance with Call of Duty is still around as well. And there's mm -hmm. a modern warfare that Woo! reminds people of what's going on in the old Call of Duty for modern warfare realm. So your thoughts when you saw the Modern Warfare trailer drop, seeing some of the old characters from the previous Call of Duty for Modern Warfare and also Modern Warfare 2 from that era, because I know a lot of our characters died in either 1 or 2. That's where, to me, I think a lot of the Call of Duty campaigns went downhill from there. This looks like that there's going to be a reemergence of the Call of Duty campaign after it being out entirely so I want to hear your guys' thoughts since Call of Duty is now closely aligned with PlayStation. What are your thoughts on Modern Warfare as it, it's getting geared up to be something that, again, is going to be a major part of the scene coming up in late October? I saw the trailer, and I think this time around, it's really going to pivot into something revolutionary as far as first-person shooters. The nostalgia as well as the graphics, it, it all looks like it's, it's a fanboy's dream. Characters like Price coming back and the stealth and, and the story-based 
action that we missed from Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, and Modern Warfare 2. It's their opportunities to take a light reboot and make it even more intense than it was back then. I, that's what I believe. It's interesting because me and Eric, it's only until recently that we've sort of gained interest, oddly enough. And we've been enjoying these games. We've been playing Black Ops 3 still to this day. And, you know, we've had it at some of our, some of our events around town. And we're, we're still enjoying it, but we're hearing that it doesn't really live up. And I've played the other ones and I've enjoyed them, but maybe I, I wasn't in the right mindset. But I've, I've been enjoying these. So I'm also, now that I'm in sort of Call of Duty mode, I'm very, very excited to see what they're bringing back, having played those games, but maybe not fully enjoying them. Guys, it's been great having you on the show. Once again, it is Eric and Octavio Gomez. I wish you guys continued success at Go Brothers Gaming. I wish you also as well just an awesome time as far as all the events that you're a part of, tournaments. Hopefully, again, you'll be with us on July 13th at Retro City Games. And also looking forward to doing great things with you right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. All right, and we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. I do want to thank Race and Chew from the Regacy Show, Octavio and Eric Gomez, from Go Brothers Gaming. I want to thank all those great people for showing up on the show today and having them share their thoughts on some outstanding pop culture subjects. Plus, Carrie Music cannot thank her enough for sending her music along to us here at the show. If you want a listing of her music and where she's at and where you can find her great music, let us know on social media, Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos on Instagram, or Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook where you can also see a listing of where we're being played at because we're being played all around the world seven days a week on radio, and you'll get a listing of all of our great radio stations there, plus many of our over 30 different podcasting options as well. Josh, you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so share the goods, my friend. What's coming up with some great things at Humanica Media? I'm going to be getting another Topic Ocalypse up there, and I'm also going to be posting some God of War footage. So I've been playing through the whole franchise, and I'm working on something in that vein. But for now, you can check out my gameplay, which will be up on the Humanican Facebook page and also Pop Culture Cosmos page. That's right. You can find that all over our social media at Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, my friend, you wanted to talk about a Dream 3 for E3, and that is this. We want to pick our... Top three choices for games we would love to see announced that would be upcoming for gamers that would be announced at E3. It could be this year, could be next year, could be any year. Doesn't matter. Just three games that we would love to see the most that would be a reality. I mean, and some of some of these games that are looks like that's probably not gonna be the case, but you never know. You never know. So, Josh, I'm gonna let you go first, my friend. What is your dream three for E3? Well, let me tell you my dream three for E3, all right? 
Oh, do tell. Oh, do tell. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So I would love to see, of course, every year on my list is Alan Wake 2. When are you going to give us Alan Wake 2? The people want it. People have spoken enough with the Microsoft licensing issues. Microsoft bought all these devs. Just give the people what they want. Give us an Alan Wake 2. It doesn't have to be made by Remedy. Just give us an Alan Wake 2. I would love to see a Final Fantasy 1 through 6 released on Switch. We got 7 through 12, but give us the rest of them. Give us the whole family because, you know, you ha they had it on Nintendo Wii and now we can't play them because they shut down the virtual shop, right? And none of our things are transferable over to the Nintendo Switch. And that really, really bothers me. So I would love to see the whole family together because, you know, again, I want to do some uh, some game footage of this stuff. So that would make things a little more convenient for me. All right, here's my last one. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Are you sure? I am okay. ready. Okay. I want Croc 3. I want Croc 3 to come out. I want it to be an Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch game, and I want it soon. You know, Croc 2 came out on PlayStation and Sega Saturn, and we haven't gotten anything since. They had some, some junky mobile games, but give us another outing with Croc. Who knows? Croc could turn into the next Spyro. That's all I'm saying. Because Croc was originally designed to be a Yoshi game, right? And then they reskinned him, turned him into a crocodile. And uh, I have some great memories with that game. And I would love to see Croc make his way into the new generation of consoles. Croc and his Gobos. I would love to see all of them, you know, popping their heads up in the modern world. So that's probably not going to happen, but I would love to see Croc 3. Okay, so here's my honorable mentions. I got Fable 4, which is likely to be announced. God of War 2. Maybe we'll see something. Crimson Skies 2. Do you remember that one on Xbox 360? Or not 360. Xbox, just regular Xbox. Good game. A lot of praise. Didn't really see anything else. Will that me. one come out with a headset 2 in your dreams? It did come. Yeah, how'd you know? Dude, I lived it, man. Oh, it's such a good game. Okay, so and these ones are mostly just my my inner nerd wanting these games to come back. Uh, Legend of Lagaya remake. I really love that game when I was a kid. I was actually thinking about that on my drive home today. Brave Fencer Musashi remake, and I'd love to see the Mass Effect trilogy just not even remastered or remade. I would just like to see them put out on the Xbox One. But wait, Jerry, Gerald, Jer, what is your Dream Three wish list? Uh, so hmm. I was running out of like weird names to call you right there. So forgive me for that. And I've been called a lot of weird names in my lifetime. That's okay. All right. My dream three for E3. Well, let's start off with my honorable mention and let's go with, uh, you know, I'm such a huge Uncharted fan. So Uncharted 5, which would be probably if that's if or excuse me, when that is ever announced. And I think it's going to be announced at some point in time. Naughty Dog is going to have to work on it. After The Last of Us 2, at some point in time, they're going to probably get back into the Uncharted series. And that's probably going to involve the daughter of Nathan Drake and Elena Drake. So that'll probably be uh, coming up at some point in time. And then an Oblivion remake, a reimagining of Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Because that is the best of the Elder Scrolls games, in my opinion. My opinion only. And I just think that an Oblivion remake, a reimagining to sharper graphics, maybe less bugs, can still make this game really, really enjoyable to a larger audience that is not familiar with the game because the game came out in 2006. So it would be awesome if Oblivion had that kind of love once again, because I think it is 
somewhat forgotten and it shouldn't be so because it was just well thought of at that point in time in the mid 2000s for the xbox 360 so it's funny because skyrim gets modded just the bejesus out of it but you don't see a lot of people going back and modding oblivion like updating it there's a a a, a small studio working on a a remake of oblivion but it'll probably never get released so probably never see the light of day but just funny how that one's not as as praised as skyrim is but it's such a great game and it's such a massive world i think the the world that's in oblivion almost feels bigger than skyrim i just i know the big complaint was that the oblivion towers were difficult but it's an excellent game loved it played over a hundred and some odd hours in it and i just i truly enjoyed it i actually about a year two years ago i went back into it and played another 30 40 hours into it it's, it just would be awesome for me at least that that's me anyways just you know to hear patrick stewart again as the king enter oblivion so just to hear that you know you know and number one you know all that so that would be my honorable mentions and my dream three for e3 is going to be mass effect 4 I know you talked about a trilogy. I would love to see Mass Effect trilogy as well, but since we're not repeating each other, I want to see a new Mass Effect come out, and that's going to involve Shepard, hopefully again, Fem Shep or Male Shep, doesn't matter to me, but returning back to our our part of space and dealing with that once again because that was that was truly an awesome experience for the three Mass Effects that we had before. We're not even going to mention what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda because that was a travesty and that was a, just you know failure waiting to happen. But bring back home the Mass Effect series into its proper place and time frame, and hopefully we can go ahead and get something done as far as that's concerned. There's also Left for Dead Three. I understand that World War C just came out and it has a lot of similarities to it, but to see a Left for Dead Three, that's just truly a fun game. Just truly a, a hectic game, and even to this day, it still favors comparably to a World War Z or many other zombie shoot 'em ups that are out there as far as Left 4 Dead 2. And I would love to see Valve, who I understand is doing great with all their other things that they're doing because they're doing so much other things than making games these days. I would love to see them get back into making games with Left 4 Dead 3. And then also, last but not least, and this one I threw you off on, and last but not least, I would like to go ahead and say the Rainbow Six series has been very good these days as far as for the past few years. The latest rendition of the Rainbow Six series has done very well. It started off pretty good, but it has generated with the DLC and with the kind of continual fan base and player base that's out there. Operators have come out and more and more and more, and has continued to be a successful property, the latest rendition of Rainbow Six. I think right now a Rainbow Six Vegas bringing that classic back in some form or fashion, either a remake or a new entry into the Rainbow Six Vegas type of scheme would be probably a great way to enhance the Rainbow Six series even more. So I, what I remember about Rainbow Six is that Vegas was okay, like people liked it, Vegas was more than okay. Rainbow Six series was dormant for such a long time until Rainbow Six Siege. And it looks like at this point in time, will we see something again? I'm not so sure we're going to see it right away because Ubisoft has a lot on their plate. 
plus also as well rainbow six siege is still doing well and has a great player base so i don't think you're going to see anything soon but if they do decide to go back to the rainbow six series i would love to see a rainbow six vegas three just trying to just seal off that entire trilogy and that would be to me a great way to finish off that part of the series i'm trying to remember that's a online only one right that's multiplayer only yeah you know, I have friends who really enjoyed playing that series, and it would be a shame to see it not come back in some form or fashion. It's just, it's weird because, you know, the, the Tom Clancy games have yet to find their Call of Duty. And for that, it's unfortunate. But, you know, they have so many things up in the air where Call of Duty just has Call of Duty and they throw it out there and it sells a bunch of copies. So it'd be nice to see something come out that's in favor of a Tom Clancy game, whether it's Rainbow Six or Ghost Recon or whatever it is. I would just like to see that franchise do something you know have it have something that that lasts and lasts and lasts does ubisoft have more high profile type of games that they want to go ahead and promote the far cry series the assassin's creed series you could even say the division they've even given more love to than the rainbow six series yes but to me the rainbow six series has had a nice player base for a long time And I think if you continue on with another iteration of Rainbow Six Vegas and make it a Rainbow Six Vegas trilogy, that would truly close off the entire arc on a great note. And my hopes are that a Rainbow Six Vegas 3 that has the spirit of the original Rainbow Six Vegas that was very widely thought of at the time would hopefully come to fruition. And I'd like to see that come to fruition at some point in time at an E3 down the road. What is your dream game that you would love to see announced at an upcoming E3, whether it's 2019, 2020, or so on? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. All right, my friend, it's been a great episode. Once again, I do want to thank Racing Chu from The Regacy Show. You got to check out his great show on Anchor and Apple Podcasts, among others. Carry Music for providing more awesome music, and Octavio and Eric Gomez from Go Brothers Gaming. Check out their social media so you can follow whatever events that they're doing here in the Las Vegas area. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? No, like I said, I still want to do a gaming preview. So after E3, we'll get that hammered down. And, um, you know, we need to discuss our plans for E3. Are we going to do some some recordings after the, the big, big announcements? Uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Yes, Nick, we will keep you posted on everything that's going on at E3. We're going to have four great team members down there, including Josh, Jamie and Tony Monroy, and Chad Smith from Hyperschmidt. They'll all be down there having a great time at E3. Hopefully, they're going to have some podcasts and some great interviews down there, podcasts sharing their thoughts on what they saw at E3, plus also some great interviews as well. And a lot more is coming up, more interviews, more news, more information. Just keep following us. Just keep going ahead. If you can, like us, subscribe to us, do anything you can to keep up with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos because it is truly appreciated. And a big special shout out to our largest venue that listens to our shows on Anchor Podcasts. I cannot thank enough the people that listen to us on Anchor, Podbean as well, and all of our different podcast and radio outlets. So for Josh Peterson... This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening.
And here's hoping you have yourself a great.